Welcome to the Maximo Theater and Performance Podcast. This is Jose Solis. Today, Liz, Maria, and I talk about three shows we've seen recently. Germanus at Next Door at New York Theater Workshop, El Coronel No Tiene Quien Le Escriba, a Repertorio Español, and the Broba Johnson Experience at the Bushwick Star. Enjoy the show. So, uh, <laughs> let's start with the introductions. Hi, I'm Liz of FYAGreatPlays.com. I realize I've never actually said what the URL of my site is because it's oh. not, we don't use the F word oh. in the URL. So. All right, I'm Penny Maria. I um, also am a co-host on another show called To See or Not To See, Tissant Stadium YC. And I'm not Lindsay, I'm Jose. But I want to give a shout out to Lindsay in Detroit. So I hope yes. she's just Yay. listening. Hi, Lindsay. We, we miss, miss you. you. So let's get started. We saw a bunch of shows over the last, what, like a couple of weeks or so, mm-hmm. right? Yeah. Mm-hmm. And we went to a bunch of boroughs also. So let's get we yes. did. Yeah. A first for me. <laughs> <laughs> Haven't so, been in Brooklyn in a while. But. Yeah. <laughs> So we're going to start with uh, El Coronel No Tiene Quien Le Escriba, a Repertorio Español. It's an adaptation of the novel by Gabriel García Márquez, and it's directed by Jorge Triana. And it basically tells the story of a colonel played by Germán Jaramillo, who is pretty much retired. He's still waiting for a letter from the government that clearly will never arrive, but it's what gives him hope. And... The show has him and his wife, played by Sulema Clares, who we've interviewed in the podcast before, so check that out. Wait. And it's a, it's a play about waiting, and we see what happens around them. You know, there's a lot of political turmoil, and it's the kind of environment where people have to, you know, sneak in, like, real news, which sounds so familiar, right? Mm-hmm. <laughs> sneak real news. Like in the paper, because they're not people are not allowed to know what's going on. I love the moment in the play where one of the characters says, "We know more about what's going on in Europe than we know about what's going on in our own country." Yeah. Yes. And uh, you know, I, I don't think it's a coincidence that Repertorio is doing this play right now. It's also like super quick. Like it, it's like under two hours. Yeah, I think it was like a ninety-minute show. Yeah. 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 So I, I would love to hear what you thought about it. I, I had a, I had a blast. I always have a blast when I go to Repertorio, and. Uh, yeah, I'm curious. What, what, do you, what do you think about it? I loved it. You know, this is my second time back at Repertorio after we saw um, uh, Salome. Yeah, yeah. An Nombre de Salome. An yeah. Nombre de Salome. Uh, last year. And this was a very different type of play. And I, I enjoyed this a lot. It, it feels like an Arthur Miller play. I kept mm. thinking like, oh, it's kind of Death of a Salesman. Mm-hmm. It's kind of All mm. My Sons. It's, it's that for lack of a better term, like very American kitchen sink drama feel in Spanish with this political turmoil in the background. And I think it's great. I think it's a very accessible show as well. If you are not comfortable with seeing a show in Spanish, you're worried you're not going to be able to connect with the material. I think this is super easy to connect to. Mm-hmm. Um, and just a really beautiful, well-told story that's so universal and I think like you said it it makes a lot of sense that they are reviving this right now Mm -hmm. um well I will say that part of the accessibility of the show is that they have translation monitors so that every seat you can um see exactly what's being said if you aren't a fluent Spanish speaker Mm -hmm. although I'm from Miami I only know a handful of words still you know practice (laughs) a little here and there Mm -hmm. um but the monitors were very helpful 
Um, I want to say I really love the set. It was minimalistic and kind of barren, like you would imagine um, their home to be in the in the area to be in this period. Um, and it was really nice the way they kind of used the chicken wire, which they also they had a live rooster in this show. They do great rooster <laughs> actor. Wait, he's in the playbill. Oh yes, he is. he's in the playbill. I didn't know that. He has a bio. Yeah, 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 yeah. Horatius. Yes. Oh my God, so cute. El Gallo. Very, very beautiful. I kind of wanted to see the rooster outside of the pen a little bit. I was worried that he was like getting a little, you know, <laughs> a, a little too closed in. Um, also, visually, I loved uh, they had this transition scene where they were doing kind of a funeral march and they had the umbrellas in and the clump that the actors were in on stage uh, just looks really nice. My, uh, I think my favorite performer was Zulima. Me she, too. Yeah, right? She I think I, beautiful. I identified more with her too. Um, this play kind of upset me a bit, um, but at the same time, that's how you know it's kind of working. Yeah. And I kind of related to the cherry orchard where I'm like, you know, your life is falling apart. Like, what are you going to do about yeah. it? Yeah. Yeah. The, the frustration of of hitting that wall yes. over and yes. over and over. Yeah. And it makes the the kernel even more hopeful and it makes yes. her even more despondent. Yes. And, and you're trying to reconcile that. And, and it doesn't really get resolved in a nice neat no, way no not at all um, but that's life but right? that's life yeah. that's life and i was i was totally with the wife i was like listen sell something <laughs> you're going to starve to death <laughs> yeah when, he, when he's getting all the corn for the rooster yeah. like come on oh because he, he's training this rooster for uh for a cockfight yeah for yeah. sort mm-hmm. of on behalf of for his late son Mm -hmm. uh, Mm -hmm. which is an undercurrent that doesn't really get discussed but yeah you know but they give you just enough so that you know that um the whole community right has like they're looking for something to uplift them and they're and right they're looking for something to put their put their efforts into and this is exactly and this is what it's going to be and that's Mm -hmm. a lot of pressure for one rooster yeah, yeah. <laughs> and you know what? It's really strange, but it wasn't until right now that I'm listening to you, Penny Maria, talk mm-hmm. about Zulema that I realized she's the only woman in she the, is. In the yeah. Yeah. yeah, it's the like only woman. All men yeah. and the rooster, yeah. so another mm-hmm. guy technically. Mm-hmm. And <laughs> yes. she's the only female presence in it. Yeah, and that's, yeah that's right. Yeah, she's, yeah she's, she's something. Like at mm-hmm. some point last year, because she's pretty much in every, now I'm just being a fanboy, yes. she's pretty much <laughs> in every like repertorio play. Oh, at okay. one point last mm-hmm. year when I interviewed her over the summer, she was doing six different characters in rap what wow. yeah all at repertorio what like one in the afternoon she would be doing like playing you know like a 40 year old woman at night she would be playing an 80 year old woman the what? next day she would be playing like a teenager yeah she's how phenomenal yeah. is that it's mind-blowing yeah wow. i went i went back to their website because i actually have a, a good friend who's been dying to go to repertorio and i haven't been able to take her yet and um, and we saw a couple of different shows that we were looking at but they're doing like five or six shows right mm-hmm. now in rep. Some ha- some are captioned, some are not. Some yeah, are okay. not translated. Yeah. You know, it's kind of all uh, degrees within there. But they're doing some new musicals. They're doing comedy. Wow. They're doing mm-hmm. originals. Mm-hmm. And they're doing revivals. There's a lot going on. There. And 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 they're celebrating an anniversary. They've been it's, around for their fiftieth anniversary. Exactly. Yeah. 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 Which was nice. We got a little bit of complimentary wine, yes. which we enjoyed. <laughs> little very nice cup of red wine. <laughs> <laughs> Glass of red wine. It was great. 
Yes. Awesome. So <laughs> sh shall we go to our next show, or do you want to add sure. anything about this? Oh, uh, you know, I, 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 was, I also had a question for you. I've never read the, uh, the novel, have, have either of you? No, no. No. I mean, we studied some of Marquez uh, when I was in high school, but not, uh, not this piece. Because yeah, same here. I mean, I've, re I've read other Marcus, and it just—it's just always struck me that even if his, you know, his his writing's so like vivid and florid to like a certain mm -hmm. point, it's also very like literary. Like I, I yeah. was so amazed that they would mm -hmm. be able to like you know like grab one of his novels and like slim it and squeeze it into ninety minutes. Yeah, that's actually—it's funny you mention that because he is such a floral, florid writer. To be able to distill that into a play that is so simple. Yeah. Not in a bad way, but it's just, it's a very elegant, mm -hmm. small cast, you know, quiet sort of mm -hmm. show mm -hmm. to be able to distill that down. You're right. Yeah. Something else that um, made me a little uncomfortable uh, was the fact that there were some negative uh, comments about the native people and how the characters in this show were above the, the native people and didn't want to be treated like that. And at first I was like, why would they include that? That is horrible. But then actually that's, you know, that's truth. That's the society we live in. That's yeah. what we're going through even now. Um, I, yeah. I think also when you are on the bottom, the way these people are, mm -hmm. you're looking to establish this yourself. Like I'm not as low as that. Yeah. Yeah, um, yeah. Yeah. Not excusing it, but I can kind of see where that mentality is. Mm -hmm. Like you want to mm -hmm. differentiate yourself from the lowest of the low. You want to give that. Yeah that break well they're still starving so yeah <laughs> everyone's starving except the rooster okay <laughs> i love that okay so let's move on to our, to our next show right. terminus so yeah we also saw terminus which is next door at new york theater workshop it is literally next door on fourth <laughs> street over there uh, by gabriel jason dean which has the wonderful Deidre O'Connell. I mean, that was the reason I wanted to see this show. I just, I love her so much. I think she's such a great actress. So Terminus deals with Eller, a woman who is suffering from dementia um, in the middle of rural Georgia. She's being taken care of by her grandson, Jabo, who is half black, half white. Um, and as Eller, it, I was just, or I think technically he's a quarter black. Is he a three quarters white? Oh, right, white. because he's it's yeah, her yeah. daughter is half black, so mm -hmm. it's, it's her mm -hmm. late daughter's son. Mm -hmm. You're right. Mm -hmm. um, so yes, yeah, so they're in but rural, still black in America. Yes, yes, <laughs> yeah. Um, and he, so he takes care of her, and like I said, she's slowly sort of losing her mind, and as that's happening her past and her present are sort of blending together as she tries to reconcile her sort of secret life, this, this life of being married to a black man in the South when that was illegal, um, with the modern uh, niceties. Is, I don't know if that's the word I want to use here. Mm -hmm. But... Um, being like, oh, no, racism is done and everything is great now. Yeah, yeah. Uh, you know, oh, no, we never had anything like that in our past. We never had anything, you know, and sort of reconciling those two. And I think a little bit with uh, J-Bo's identity as well as a, like you were saying, quarter black but perceived as, as black uh, man growing up in rural Georgia. Um, so 
I mostly enjoyed this show. I will say, again, it, a lot of it is due to Deidre O'Connell's performance. I think she's very compelling, and she sells she sells the script when sometimes the script doesn't sell itself. Mm-hmm. Um, and I enjoyed watching her grapple with her past and how that's made her who she is and, and the way she sort of stumbles through it. I think the play is less strong when it goes to focus on Jabo and his development. There's also a romantic uh, interest there of a, a woman who is a hobo, self-proclaimed hobo, who's yes. jumping the tra- <laughs> jumping the tracks, um, who's also black and is sort of helping him shape his identity in that way. I felt like those scenes were not as strong. Mm. Um, their romance was not as strong to me. Um, so I guess the, the play was a little uneven to me. Uh, what did you guys think? I actually liked the romance scenes because they were awkward. That's right? true. They were incredibly <laughs> awkward. <laughs> sort of like you would expect for this young man who's not had any opportunity to kind of like date anyone. Um, so I kind of enjoyed that awkwardness. I thought it worked really well. Um, it was weird, though, when she kept calling him Graham Cracker because of the color of his skin, but she had the same color skin. So I was like, what? Yeah. Who wrote the script and who did the casting? Because <laughs> <laughs> I was just, no, I mean, just, you know, just something to consider, right? Um, I thought that was an odd, an odd choice of words to remain in the script at this point. And then um, also, uh, oh, can I just really sh- quickly shout out that Liz called it? We were looking at the set. <laughs> yes. Oh, my gosh. <laughs> I got so excited. Knew. Yes. I got so excited when we walked in and we were sitting across from where the fridge is, stage center. Yeah. And you don't put a fridge stage center. No, I, I know no, that. You don't put no, a fridge no. And I was like, oh, my God, I can't wait until someone comes out of that. Yes. Someone's going to come out of that fridge. And then, like, five minutes, not even five minutes of the show, someone walked out of yes. the fridge. Yeah. Penny Marie and I could not control ourselves. We were so excited someone came out of the fridge. Um. Yes, um, but and so uh, the person coming out of the the fridge was kind of like someone from her past. So again, this blending of like past and present, um, you know, I thought they did that really well. Um, overall, I really love the set. They had the mold on there. Um, yeah, she had dirty feet at one point. One of the the ghosts had dirty feet, like they were playing outside. Yeah. Um. So I thought that was a nice little touch as well. And I loved uh, on the set all of the notes because. Uh, Eller is slowly losing her mind. Yeah, There's yeah. photos everywhere mm-hmm. that are labeled, yeah. which was great not only for the audience, but it was a nice touch. Exactly, you because know? you could see the family history. Yeah, in chart. this is the daughter. She's dead. This is the mm-hmm. husband. He's mm-hmm. dead. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, um, so I thought they also did a good job at like telling this this story of like secret families right yeah um and i know like if you guys are i don't know well everyone's facebook is set up differently but on mine's i get the loving uh stories right Mm -hmm. so this is like the period of time where you know it was illegal for black people to marry white people so it kind of shows us how this couple dealt with that and how you see the lingering effects of that yeah because they they are mm -hmm. unofficially they were unofficially married and couldn't live in the same house yeah. Um, which produces all sorts of strange resentment and, and frustration. Yeah. And the music was great as well. They had uh, live vocals. Oh, um, yeah, and a piano. Yeah, and the piano. Let's hear some from Jose. That, uh, I was just wondering, did anyone else think that it was also really scary? Like, it was yes. so creepy. Yes. It's like, it, really, yes. it, it really pulls the, the bottom out at yeah. the end there. 
where I was kind of, I, I wasn't sure how sold I was on the show. And then the last 10 minutes, I went, oh my God. Oh, wow. It's so scary. It's like, I, it reminded me so much of like, you know, like a gothic novel, like something mm, like yes, Jane Eyre. Yes, it's very Southern where gothic. Like, yeah, where there's yeah, like a ghost sure. or yeah. like, you know, like yeah. a crazy. There's a child and we don't speak of it. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> you know, there's, there's secrets in the attic. Yeah. Oh, and that's I, all and, of that. And I really love like when the actors, you know, yeah. like from her past, but mm-hmm. also that she's, it's like, it's like this like really beautiful, like delicate balance between, you know, ghosts but also like fragments of like figments of her, like, her imagination mm-hmm. yeah. and like I love how convincingly you know the actors who are in the past show up in the present and they like you know like seamlessly like get into the scenes yeah. and yeah. you know it doesn't feel like trite it doesn't feel like a you know like a contrivance like no they're just they're there and they're gone they kind of float in and float out and sometimes they're doing this I, I did love the scene where they are recreating a memory over yeah. and over yeah. and she's and like trying no, 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 to get not it that right. way not that way yeah. you know trying to I don't know if it's fixing it for her own benefit yeah. or yeah. you know trying grasping to remember mm-hmm. what happened mm-hmm. but I thought that was such a powerful way of of mm-hmm. illustrating mm-hmm. what she was going through yeah, I'm. I'm happy. I saw it at first when the show was selected. I was like, I am not in the mood to see this <laughs> grandmother forgetting who she is and like treating her grandson any kind of way because she's not the same color. Like I was, I felt some kind of way about it. I'm not gonna lie, but. Um, during the show, I, I really enjoyed the experience of it. And then at the end, yeah, like yeah. The, the way the bottom dropped, I had to clutch my pearls. Like, yeah. oh, I'm still just kind of like, oh, so like, oh my, it was very powerful. Yeah. yeah. And I, actually, yeah. I really liked the relationship between Eller and J-Bo because it's, <laughs> they're sort of alternating between being the parent and the child. Yes. And, and yeah. the way that keeps mm-hmm. flipping, especially with someone who needs extra, extra care. I also read on the train on the way here that this is part of a trilogy. <gasps> wow. Yeah. This, that what, covers what this family's this history. I believe this is the second of <gasps> the three. So we have to go find so the first we, one. Yeah. Like, I'm kind of curious where okay. it started. Yeah. yeah. Like, does it start with the original family? Fit with Eller as a child? Yeah. Because there are a lot of hints to a story dropped. <sighs> and though we do get a big resolution, there are mm-hmm. some little... T- little hints that are dropped that do not get resolved that I was very curious about. I'm not going to spoil it. So then that's yes. in the third part. Um, mm-hmm. And then also the character who played J-Bo was Rinaldo Pinelia. Mm-hmm. I'm not sure that's how you pronounce his name. But um, I saw him at Signature Theater. He was working with Susan Laurie Parks and he was in uh, Venus and Death of the Last Black Man in the Whole Entire oh. World. So I was like, oh, and, like it was nice to see him in a fuller character. Mm-hmm. So I did... Um, I was happy that he had this opportunity. He's good. Like he and yeah, Deirdre have like really was. great chemistry. Yeah. It's so weird, you know, <laughs> for like a non-romantic like yeah. Yeah. couple to have such great chemistry, uh, chemistry on stage. Uh, the the play also made me think about have have either of you watched Mudbound? It's, yes. Yeah. Yeah. It yeah. reminded me so much of Mudbound, mm. and I think they make like really good like companion pieces. Yeah. It's on Netflix, so you yeah. can all like check it out. It's a movie by D. Reese that basically gives us like a. a a larger context, I guess, of like, you know, what um, Eller's uh, childhood might have been like. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's a that's a good point. Yeah. Thank you for making that connection for me and our listeners. <laughs> You're very welcome. <laughs> <laughs> All right. So moving on. So uh, we got to see the Robot Johnson experience at the Bushwick Star. And that's playing now through March 17th. 
Um, I, w- I was interested in seeing this show, but I was not interested in going to Brooklyn. I rarely <laughs> leave Manhattan. <laughs> uh, but the Bushwick star is so good. They're worth it. Yeah, they're just yeah. off the L train. I've been before. I've been before. But it's a, it's a track. Look, they're um, off the L train. That's like barely Brooklyn as far as I'm concerned. Um, well, yeah. yeah. Uh, you have to go underwater, so that's debatable. Okay, fair enough. Yeah. Fair enough. Um, <laughs> Um, but uh, I was happy that we went and that we got to experience this show. So I'm just briefly going to read the synopsis. 100 years from now, a race of hip-hop androids known as Brobots will form a unit, a, a unit, the tribe called Space Quest, to spread their message of peace, love, and dopeness all over the universe. Through live looped vocals, rhymes, and beatboxing, they perform the original story of the first of their kind. They call it the Robot Johnson Experience, a sci-fi hip-hop solo concert that defies both space and time. So it sounds crazy, but I actually like sci-fi. And then I'm even uh, more of a fan when it comes to black people and having that representation in the sci-fi world. Like, I love Octavia Butler. Like, I even went to her, like, exhibit, like, in California. I was like, I have to learn more about this woman. So amazing. She's a, a writer. Um, So this was really a transmedia experience, right? So from the moment you walk in, the set was like really just so amazing. You were... Raul Abrego did the the set and it was... I was going to say out of this world that I realized that was a terrible pun. Oh, I did it anyway. Oh, I'm so sorry. Oh, It was out of this world. But it really did kind of blow my mind. Yes. Um, And my like favorite part, though, of that was seeing the way that the... um, that Darius, who created this show and was the uh, main actor, the way that he incorporated the Adinkra symbols, which are from Ghana, right? So a lot of black people here in the States and in the Caribbean, like we hold on to those as something, a way for us to connect to our past, um, that West Coast, you know, something to connect to that part of Africa. And so it was really interesting to see the way that he incorporated into the set and the way that he then used those symbols to teach the audience, right? something about African culture and humanity as a whole. So I thought the way he did that was seamless. I thought it was genius, um, really phenomenal. Um, And his vocal range, like, I don't know. I don't know what this man was doing, but it was amazing. So he (laughs) created all of the songs himself right in front of you, right? So he had the whole little system where you watch him build layer Yeah, he has like a big looper uh, pad. Yeah, really quickly, let's try to do a little little something. (laughs) Boo, boo, boo. I sound kind of I say you are no fun. I don't know. And you know, this is this is what you know. He, you, you, you know, like I'm glad that you're trying to make this happen right now, because the one thing in the show, like I had a great time, except for when we were expected to do something. Oh, I have terrible. I get terrible like stage fright, and I was like. Praying through the entire show, please let him not call me to go to the stage oh. to do something. Because participation in shows like freaks me out. <gasps> yeah, and there is yeah. there is some light participation in this yeah. show. Yeah, yeah. Um, but a lot of it is group participation, which I feel yeah. differently about. But, but he I, had two people actually come on the stage. So yeah. I think that's what yeah, you were yeah. worried about. Yeah. Talking about the, yeah. Yeah, the individual. And I, I thought and it was great. And I, I always know. feel even, you know, like right yeah. now when like, I even feel like, oh God, like if we have to do like a collective beat, yeah. I'm sure I'm going to be the one who's like out of like step and ruin the whole song for oh, everyone. No, <laughs> no, no, no. 
So I was like, you know, pissing my pants the entire time. <laughs> oh no, I'm sorry. I'm sorry you didn't enjoy that part of that. And but thank you for sharing that. I don't think about that because I thought, oh how wonderful he's getting the audience involved. Yeah. <laughs> so for me, that was a strong point of the production. I mean, see, and I feel like maybe I'm in between where I was like, I'm so excited that people are doing that, and I'm so glad it's not me. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And I, I also it depends on the day. It depends on what we're being asked to do. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah. One day. Maybe mm-hmm. after we record this, I'll tell you my story about the Rude Max incident um, at Lincoln Center, which is yeah. somewhere on an older episode of the podcast. Okay. Um, <laughs> but I, I felt like well, this was just an incredibly wholesome show. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I yeah. felt like when I was a kid mm-hmm. and all I really wanted to do was be in the audience of one of those morning kids shows that yeah. they would do like the public access that. Yep. public access yep. shows yep. and I felt like I was with a little like a sci-fi yeah. Mr. Rogers who was yeah. just going to take me on this journey <laughs> yes. and teach me these things and we're going to sing these songs yeah. and we're going to have a snack and I was like this is great I just yeah. like, couldn't stop smiling I was so excited by it yeah i think i think it awakens that inner kid in you because i was thinking that too as well i was like this would be a great experience also uh for children maybe high school students warning it has a bit of language um maybe so maybe older students but i was thinking the same thing like i i'm not a fan of like rap at all though like i love some of the beats and i'm like okay i can groove this beat i'm like the lyrics are horrible but his lyrics (laughs) were really great they were telling you something but you know um i think that's why you know it's that kind of fine place kind of like the the hamilton raps right um but i i i thought the way that he brought the music together was great i love the interstellar dance party as i call it like come on we were losing it we had a great time (laughs) we were dancing in the aisles literally so we didn't go onto the stage so yeah. We probably were channeling Jose. <laughs> we were linking. Yeah. <laughs> um, but um, that was really great. Um, and I think also, though, he's making a strong point, possibly about, like, being stuck in cycles, right? He's, like, dabbling with the whole, like, time-space continuum, right? So he, he's a robot from the planet Nubia. And it's 100 years in the future, and he's coming back to Earth because Earth has fallen apart in a hundred years. So he's just trying to help humanity get it back on track. But kind of in this process, um, he has to sacrifice himself, right? But then when he sacrifices himself, um, what he leaves behind is exactly what Dr. Toussaint, and I thought that was a great, uh, a yes. great choice of naming as well. Uh, doc, uh, Toussaint was actually uh, a Haitian revolutionary, so I like the way he worked oh, that history. I assumed it was a reference to that. I assumed it was the same guy yeah, uh, yeah, yes, yeah, yeah. yes 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 so i like the way he worked that in but you know is but that's what dr toussaint the essence that is left behind he uses that to create this whole you know bro these black robots um so you know you know it's a social the social commentary is can't we change anything um are we trying to change it and you know have we done too much in the past um that kind of limits it or is there still room for improvement um, so I thought that was very thoughtful. Right? Yeah, Something I was, to consider. I was really struck by a moment pretty early in the show where he he's talking about why he's there. Now he's not Robot Johnson. Mm-hmm. Yes, he's Robot not the original. Robot Johnson is like the original. Yeah. And he is a clone prototype, something mm-hmm. built mm-hmm. off of Robot Johnson's plants. He's yeah. something Owens, right? Yeah. Uh, or Flowbot. Flowbot, thank you. Flowbot. Yes. <laughs> there we go. Um, Which is why he's so great at rhyming. Right. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, he says something about how he has to 
he doesn't know where he comes from so he has to go back Mm -hmm. to find his origin yes which goes back to the adinkra symbol and the most famous the one that most people know is the sankofa which means to learn your history to move forward like you can't do one without the other so again i was like all right i see what you're doing darius the way he tied that together oh, that's i didn't know that there was, really, a, there was an adinkra symbol yeah, but that's yeah. what i was thinking is mm-hmm, to know mm-hmm, who you mm-hmm. are you have to go back mm-hmm. exactly and yeah. you have to go back to your origin yeah and that's there was a lot about finding mm-hmm. finding your own history yeah. Yeah. and how do you yeah. change it which maybe in a weird way ties back to Terminus. Like yeah, yeah. Your history so yeah, that you, yeah. you don't repeat it. Exactly, exactly. And the way that he incorporated the elements, like um, the breaking of bread that is very strong in black culture and the call and response. Once he did the call and response, I was like, okay, this I'm here for this show. <laughs> once he once he mentioned those those words. And there was my favorite and the highlight for me was when <laughs> he admitted he like he was like, Yes, I'm a robot, but you know, we've been talking for a little while. But I just ma'am, I'm sorry, I have to touch your hair. And he touched this white woman's hair and I was like, Yes I was so excited. I was like, Yes. I was like that resonated deeply and I think I said it too loudly and he looked at me it was wonderful you're just like that speaks to me (laughs) in a silent theater and I loved it but like that's what this show does you feel like you're with the community and you can do the yes yes be part of that I I don't want to be a downer so I apologize in advance but you know like on the longest train ride back to Queens after the show yeah it struck me how, you know, after all the euphoria and all that joy that comes from the show, it made me so sad mm. to mm-hmm. realize that, you know, we're at a point where artists are imagining that robots from another planet have yeah. to come to Earth to teach us about empathy mm-hmm. and mm-hmm. kindness mm-hmm. and love. Yeah. And that's so sad. It, I mean, it's wonderful, it but it's yeah. so sad. It, it, it is. Um, but that's where we are. You know, that's why even, you know, during... Uh, President Obama's, you know, tenure, everyone was like, the world has changed. And I'm like, not really. <laughs> and and it's like, unfortunately, like, we're in a place where we can see the evidence of that, like, on a wide scale. Um, but, you know, there was just so much damage done, especially in this country that, yeah, I mean, we might have to rely on the robots <laughs> at this point. I'm not sure. We've scorched the earth. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> so what's next on your agendas, theater-wise? Tonight, actually, I'm going to go see Queens at Lincoln Center. Oh, without me? I told you to invite me. You know (laughs) what? I'm so sorry. Someone invited me. Okay, okay. Um, What else do I have coming up? Oh, I'm seeing uh, Don Wen's Hello from the Children of Planet Earth. Speaking Mm. of sci-fi. And um, Access Theater's The Melting Pot. I cannot remember. The group, but I've seen them before, and they're in residence at the Access Theater, and I can't remember their name, and I'm sorry. <laughs> uh, and oh yeah, and I saw Amy and the Orphans last night, and I really enjoyed it. Um, I'll just say really briefly, um, I am, as usual, waiting for invites to see shows. <laughs> um, but uh, I am going to a reading at uh, New York City Center. Um, Mo Fonisu Udofia is doing a reading of uh, one of her works. So I'm going to slip into the audience, and I'll be there to hear every drop that is spoken. Nice. (laughs) (laughs) All right. uh, Jose? And I have basically Liz's list also. Oh. Queens Mm -hmm. and um, 
Let me see. Oh, so you're taking me to Queen. I was gonna say, yeah, I think (laughs) 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 And I have the zoo plays at Signature Theater and Hello from the Children Mm -hmm. and basic yeah, basically Liz and I are going to the same shows. Great. Okay. Fun. Maybe I'll see you. Um, Jose and I have a knack of seeing the same show like two days, three days apart. Yeah, I, that like, is, I don't know yeah. why. That is so yeah. interesting. Yeah, yeah, we've never ran into each other. No, we don't ever Maybe run into each other. I'm always, I always see on Instagram, like, oh, there's Jose at that show I'm seeing tomorrow. <laughs> <laughs> well, Deep and I, we went to go see Black Light at Joe's Pub. I think it's still running. It's going to be running for a while, which also was a, a really strong piece. But to your point uh, that you were making, you know, is a comment about like how, how far and at the same time how much further we have to go in society as a whole um that show i saw deep and i we saw jose i was, I like, was oh, there hey. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so that was cool and then the this show has closed already but it was really great i just want to give a shout out to the homecoming queen uh which was put on by the atlantic theater company a really really great show i I'm, i think it set the bar pretty high for the year and we'll we'll see you know whether or not it makes it to the end when we do our end of year podcast oh, yes. awesome. so something to know well, thank you both for coming all the way to Astoria. Nice <laughs> job, Jose. Good yes. job. You did great. Got, got me out of Manhattan twice this week. <laughs> wow. <laughs> A multi-borough experience. Yes. <laughs> this is what theater does. It expands <laughs> your world, people. <laughs> thank you so much for joining us for today's episode of the Maximum Theater and Performance Podcast. If you have questions, comments, or opinions that are different from our own, we'd love to hear from you. You can find us on Twitter at Maximum. This at Miss This Richards, Penny Maria at Penny Maria, and I am at Jose Solis Mayen. If you enjoy the show, please leave a rating and review on iTunes or wherever you listen to podcasts. And we have merch. You can buy coffee mugs, tote bags, and stickers with your favorite Maximoisms. You can get to the store via Maximo.com. All proceeds go to helping the podcast improve our sound quality. Thank you. Theatrical media.